Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge. Our next Reddit post is from Fat Jokes on Me. This story is about five years old, and some of it, as you'll read in the end, is still ongoing and probably will be for a long time. It starts with Mrs. P as the principal because that's what she is. Mrs. P started as a special needs caretaker, studied through the years of work, and graduated a doctorate in special education. After 20 years of experience in this, she was asked by the council of a medium-sized city to open and run a new special needs school in the city. She accepted the offer, and after four years, she had a school with 150 kids in it. And for special education school, that's a huge number. These schools need way more people than regular schools, not just teachers, but also caretakers. And the job isn't always clean or easy, so naturally, Mrs. P is always looking to hire. In comes Karen. Karen just finished her college and got a degree in education consulting at the top of her class. Her professor was on Mrs. P's board and she recommended her with very warm words. Karen was basically hired before she even sent her resume. Karen is married to Kevin, of course, who finished his law studies at the top five in his class and is now doing his internship in a big law firm, awaiting his license to practice the law. Basically, their future is laid out bright and clear. All they have to do is not screw up and they're on the path to a nice, rich life. Mrs. P hired Karen to work in the school and told her that she would start work on August 20th, about a week before the school year starts, as the staff needs to organize the school for the opening of the school year. Karen protested that she's a consultant, not another lowlife who comes in to mop the floor. Mrs. P is pissed off by this attitude, but Karen is the top of her class and supposedly the best in her field. So she just smiles and says, Staff starts work on August 20th. You're staff too, so be here on that date. Karen isn't happy, but well, that's life. That pre-opening week, the staff will never forget. While teachers and nurses and other staff members all work together to get the school up to shape, including painting the walls, setting equipment, and other chores you don't learn in college, Karen fixed her own room and sat inside of it all day and played with her phone. Needless to say, she wasn't very popular among school staff. But time went on and school opened on time and things started to get into their regular routine. Karen was causing more and more issues. She refused to fill in regular reports about her activities, was not available for meetings with staff and parents, and all in all, was a total entitled Karen. Mrs. P tried to talk to her again and again to no avail. And eventually, Mrs. P asked the professor, the one who gave Karen her degree, the one who was on the school's board, to sit with Karen daily and coach her how to actually work and function in a real school environment as apparently she didn't learn that in college. But even that didn't help. Karen was hated by all the school staff, and her work was done poorly and getting worse every week. Mrs. P had a meeting every week with Karen and the professor to discuss her performance and how to do better. Meanwhile, important reports in the other documents were not filed, and the care to the children was getting worse every day. Until, eventually, a parent filed a complaint about the poor treatment that his child got, and the board became aware of the issues. A meeting was set with the board, Mrs. P, and Karen. The professor promised Karen that if she would get her paperwork in order and act respectfully, everything would be okay. Karen knew that she was on the hook now, but just couldn't stop being a Karen. 
So the day of the meeting comes, and Karen is a no-show, no-call. She just didn't come that day, or the day after, or the week after. Without Karen, the board can only hear what Mrs. P has to say, but they already know it, so the meeting is delayed to a time when Karen will show up. Needless to say, this doesn't help her case at all. Anyway, Mrs. P and the professor tried to get Karen on the phone, but it went straight to voicemail. Eventually, Mrs. P has no choice. Karen is a no-show, no-call for over a week. She has to have a really good explanation to not get fired now. She calls Karen and leaves a message on her voicemail that she hadn't heard from her in over a week. She's very worried. And please contact us as soon as possible because the finance department wants to cut her pay. Finally, Karen called in. She's been sick the whole time. She'll return to work in two days. Good. Mrs. P marks the date and sets a meeting with the professor and Karen the first thing in the morning. If Karen is sick and has a doctor's note, she will not be fired. But she will get some strong talk about that no-call issue. The day comes, and Mrs. P and the professor sit in their office waiting for Karen to come, and she didn't come. Mrs. P tries to call her and gets voicemail again. She's pissed, the professor is pissed, Karen has set a new record in pissing people off and wasting everybody's time. Karen shows up two hours late and Mrs. P calls her to a meeting immediately before anything else. She calls the professor to come and the professor canceled other plans she had to come in and the meeting finally starts three hours late. Thankfully, Karen had a doctor's note. She's okay on that, but she's going to get a strong talking to now. About 10 minutes into the meeting, Karen bursts into tears. The meeting has stopped to cool things down, but it's not over yet. After a few minutes, everybody comes back into the room and Karen opens. I'm still not okay. I still feel sick. I want to go home now. Mrs. P is silent and the professor comments. As a board member, I must say, as long as you're sick, your job is safe, but it's your first year. You haven't saved any sick days or vacation days. You will not be paid for this. Karen just said, we'll see about that. Collected her things and left. Karen is sick for another two weeks and her position is vacant. Mrs. P does what she can to fill the void, as do others, but it's clear that they're a man down and the position needs to be filled. Eventually, Mrs. P calls Karen again to ask her how she is and when she'll be back when Karen says that she can't handle the pressure and wants to quit. Mrs. P is stunned by this. Karen is only in her first year and quitting in the middle will risk her future. And finding another consultant in the middle of the school year is almost impossible. But she kept her thoughts to herself and said she just doesn't think that's necessary or wise. Just feel better and come back. But Karen doesn't come back. And after two more weeks of absence, her husband calls in to ask why no more money is being paid. He gets the obvious answer. Karen has no right to paid sick leave. He gets angry and promises to check his options, which in lawyer's terms is, I want to sue you. Now it's clear that that bridge is burned and Karen will not be back. Mrs. P started looking for a replacement and the options weren't great. Eventually, she convinced a retired consultant to come back from retirement just to save this year. The replacement starts working, but can't get paid. The position is still officially occupied by Karen, who is still on sick leave. Board members are now still calling Karen, as it's clear she will not talk to Mrs. P. 
They ask her to come back, and when she refuses, they ask her to submit a resignation to allow them to keep the school running. Karen claims she's ready to come back only if she'll be paid for all her sick leave, but nobody's willing to pay that. The mess is growing bigger and bigger. The parents start to hear rumors, and overall the climate is not very good. Until finally, Kevin, Karen's husband, calls in and says that he wants to sue the school for the payment. He gets to talk to the city lawyers who explain to him that Karen can't sue the school or the city while she's still sick or still registered as an employee. She has to stop one of those conditions. The next day, Karen is at school with a standard resignation letter stating her mental and health issues caused by the toxic environment as her reasons. Finally, after more than two months, the position is clear and filled right away. What had started as rumors had become fact, and parents were aware that something was going on. Finally, in a group chats of parents and Mrs. P, they asked her what was going on. Mrs. P replied that Karen had resigned due to her mental health issues. Kevin did try to sue the city, and it went to mediation before court hearing. The mediator saw the material and strongly advised Kevin to withdraw. Kevin listened, and the whole thing was forgotten for a while. Three months passed. School was doing okay when an email from Karen landed in Mrs. P's inbox. In short, dry legal language, Karen informs Mrs. P that she knows she was slandering her in public. She has screenshots as evidence that she claims she had mental health issues, and that wasn't true at all. Karen demanded Mrs. P apologize in public and clarify that Karen didn't have any mental health issues, and that her resignation was due to professional disputes. Mrs. P was shocked. She knew for a fact that Karen was, let's just say, not 100% okay up there. And she had her resignation letter to prove it. Karen going this way was beyond stupid. Mrs. P, however, did the right thing and sent the letter to the school board asking them what they think should be done. The school board just heard the word legal actions and freaked out. They didn't want any of this. They demanded Miss P to just apologize and let it all be done. But Mrs. P wasn't willing to admit wrongdoing of anything, and she knew she did everything right. The board kept this opinion and claimed that Mrs. P was being pointlessly stubborn, and they will not cover any legal matters on that issue, which is against Mrs. P's contract. All legal liability that she has within her work should be covered by her employer. This meant that her job was on the line now, and Mrs. P was determined to fight back and win. But without the city's resources, fighting a slander lawsuit is expensive, and with her job at risk, it will not be easy. Mrs. P went again onto the parents' group chat and let them know that she had some personal legal issues and asked if they knew someone who could help. One of the parents, a lawyer, agreed to help without pay. The lawyer agreed that Karen and Kevin had no grounds to sue, but said that if they sent that email, they had intention to sue anyway, and nothing Mrs. P could do would stop them, so it was better if Mrs. P would just ignore them and let them dig their own grave. And digging, they did. A week after the first letter, a new letter arrived by mail. It was printed on Kevin's law firm letterhead, stating that the matter should be resolved by public apology, or they would sue. Even the lawyer couldn't believe that someone in a large prestigious law firm could be that dumb. But here's the letter to prove it. A trial would take time and cost money, even if he's doing it for free. Not to mention that Mrs. P would be fired no matter the result. They had to find another solution. 
The lawyer figured out that stupid people need a stupid solution. He thought about it for a while, and then remembered that he had a classmate in college who went to work for that firm. He called the classmate, and apparently, his classmate worked hard and got to become a junior partner in the firm. When the lawyer mentioned the case, his friend was surprised. He hadn't heard about the case, and he should have. Since lawyers and large firms gossip like old women, and a slander suit against a special education school? It's the most raunchy gossip in town. But also a PR nightmare, and he and the other partners would never take a case like this. It would make them look like greedy lawyers who would skin anybody for a penny, and it wouldn't be good publicity. He promised to look around and check what was going on in the firm. It didn't take him long. The next day, he called the lawyer back. He found out that no lawyer in the firm was aware of the case. He figured that Kevin had used the firm paper to send the letter, but no lawyer above him was involved. Good news for our lawyer. Together, they planned the right answer to Kevin and Karen, an answer that would shut them down for good. The lawyer called Mrs. P and told her his plan. It was easy, simple, and malicious. She didn't like it, but she agreed that it was the best and the fastest way to resolve the situation. Next, the lawyer drafted a settlement agreement and he called Kevin and asked if it was satisfactory. The agreement stated that Mrs. P would apologize to Karen in the most public way she can and will post all the legally related papers alongside the apology on the school webpage. The agreement stated that the apology can come in any form as long as it can be searched in Google search and has a link from the school webpage. It also stated that after the apology, Karen and Kevin will not be able to sue the school ever again and will have no further demands from Mrs. P or the school ever again. The last clause stated that if any unrelated issues would come of this agreement, then Karen and Kevin will be liable for any consequences and the school can demand any losses it suffers from them. Kevin agreed to the terms, and within two hours, Karen and Kevin signed the agreement, and the next stage was ready to launch. The lawyer came to Mrs. P's office with the equipment she needed and the apology transcript. He set up the video camera and Mrs. P read her apology. She opened with an introduction, who she was, what she'd done so far in her career, her degrees and recommendations. She also introduced Karen, her career so far, her degree and her recommendations, which was none so far. And after the introduction, she explained that Karen claimed she left the school in the middle of the school year because of professional disagreements. And any other comment that Mrs. P or anyone else claimed about Karen's health or mental health is false. And Mrs. P is sorry if Karen or anybody else heard so and if Karen's feelings were hurt. In essence, anyone who saw the video understood exactly who Karen is, and even if Mrs. P didn't say it in words, it was clear that she thought very bad things about Karen. Right after it was finished, the video was uploaded to the school YouTube channel, and a subsite under the school website was created showing the video and all of the related documents, including the threatening letter that Kevin sent in his firm paper. The link was sent to Kevin with the line, that settles the matter. Don't contact us ever again. Karen and Kevin had won the battle. A month passed, and Kevin suddenly got fired from his firm. Apparently, he wasn't in a position to send a letter threatening lawsuit under the firm paper without any higher-up lawyer watching him. Sending it like that for a case he managed himself was plain fraud. He was reported to the bar. But to not let a scandal and PR disaster come out, he was just let go and no further punishment was taken. The firm sent a letter to the school admitting the fraud and asking the school to remove the threatening letter Kevin sent. 
The school graciously agreed, and Kevin's letter was removed, but the firm letter admitting Kevin's fraud was published instead. Kevin was done in this business. Any lawyer who he came to looking for a job and asked him why he left such a big firm before he even got past the first stage, and a simple search of his name showed that he had committed fraud against <laughs> against a special education school of all places. Nobody would hire him. Meanwhile, Karen kept looking for a job in her field. She had to wait until a new school year would begin. Her college professor was not willing to write her any recommendations, and she had to explain the missing year in her resume to any principal. A few school principals heard that she worked with Mrs. P and called her to ask about Karen, and Mrs. P said that, due to legal issues, she can't talk about Karen. <laughs> and it's all explained in the legal section of the school website. That was enough, and any principal who knew that Karen sued her former school would not dare hire her. Karen lost that school year, and to support herself, she began looking for other jobs. She found a job as a secretary in an office that didn't Google search her name and worked there for a couple of months, until the manager got bored one day and decided to search Karen's name. She was fired the next day for a minor screw-up. It's been more than five years since this happened, and Kevin is now a lawyer in a sleazy firm hired mostly by low-life criminals. He loses most of his court cases and is known to be a low-life lawyer for low-life criminals. Karen is still looking for a job. She can't hold a job for more than six months before she gets fired for petty things. They both know very well why they're doing so poorly in life. Kevin sent another threatening letter demanding to remove all mentions of his name and Karen's name from the school website. He also asked to remove the video. The lawyer just told him that this is what he agreed on, and if he wants to renegotiate, he'll demand Kevin pay for the damages. He didn't specify what damages, and Kevin didn't ask, so he gave up. Karen and Kevin admitted defeat. They had lost the war. Mrs. P eventually removed the video from the school website and said it is private on YouTube, but all the legal letters are still posted there and will be there until, well, maybe forever. What I can't get over is how completely set their life was before they screwed up. I mean, we don't know what country this is in, so we can only speculate. But Karen had a consultation job with the government, which probably means amazing benefits, amazing health care, and a pension. And Kevin was working at a swanky law firm, which means that between the two of them, they probably would have had a combined income north of $200,000. In a decade or so, after they'd climbed the ranks, I wouldn't be surprised if it was north of 300 or even 400k. <laughs> Instead, they had to ruin it and destroy their careers. And let's not forget that they both had to go to school for a long time to get a degree in education and law which means that they had massive student debts. So, in essence, they literally ruined their lives. Whoops. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra podcasts. Also, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit content every single day.